welcome to Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. We are Christina Gagne, the former school board member, and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. Today's podcast was inspired by a request that we received on Instagram. While many people and groups on the public education for all side of things constantly feel like they're playing defense against groups like Moms for Liberty, we were asked how to turn things around and be on the offense for a change. Well, you ask and we deliver and we are here to be your advocacy cheerleaders. So offense, hey, hey, let's make that play against Moms for Liberty and adjacent groups. So if we get into our 2023 time machine and go back to early 2021... Uh, I know some of us may not want to for many obvious reasons, but we actually can learn some lessons from the Moms for Liberty and those adjacent groups who started invading school boards. Now, some of these tips are going to seem very simple. We know our audience is uh, full of very different types of people on the advocacy spectrum in terms of, you know, dipping your toe in the water for the first time to people that have been organizing around school board issues for years. Um But we do want to point out that some of the tips we're going to go through, these were things that were lacking in districts across the country where boards flipped last cycle. And this is one of the reasons why some of these seats flipped in the last election. And so we're going to hit up five or six tips that some of you for the first time may be saying, great, I never would have thought of that. Others of you, this is old hat. But we keep getting asked, you know, how can I, the average mom, the average parent, the average community member, the average student, like how can I jump in and jumpstart advocacy in my community? And I think the first tip that I want to start with, having been on a school board, sat on the other side of the dais, as well as attended meetings beforehand, is start showing up to school board meetings. Now, most school board meetings still today, I know we see things in in the media and it seems like every school board meeting in every city and locality across Mm -hmm. the country is insane. The reality is, though, there are still boards where these meetings are boring, just as boring as the city council meetings. Like not every meeting is going to have a sexy hot topic on the agenda, but you got to start going to the school board meetings because that's where yeah. you're going to learn how the school district runs. You'll understand who the players are, who's on the board, who's the superintendent, who are the administrators, mm-hmm. you know, who else is coming to the meetings? Like, you know, is there a local group of Moms for Liberty people that are starting to show up to the meetings? Right. And that's where this sort of drumbeat starts with groups like that. So it's important to be there even in the boring times, because I'm going to guarantee you that more and more districts across the country are going to start becoming those chaotic meetings because they saw this strategy work right. last election cycle. Um, so the first time you see far right extremists or parental control groups show up and you all probably have a, you know, connects on Facebook that you're a part of or a group for your city or a group for your school district. And you might start seeing chatter and comments about far right wing policies and strategies and things they're trying to do in your community. The moment you see that start going to the school board meetings, start paying attention and many districts record their meetings. They also have them online. We really want to push you, though, to go in person. We know you're busy. Uh, we know that it can be a big chunk out of an evening every other week or once a month to go to the meeting. But it's really important for you to be there, have your face seen, and also to speak. Anybody can grab a speaker card and speak. So I know that that can be a very scary thing for some people. 
Not everybody is okay with public speaking, um, but you're a parent, you're a stakeholder, you're a community member, you have every right to be there. And no one is expecting you to go up and give some beautiful speech. They just want to hear you give your opinion and talk about your story. So just think like you're telling a story, like as if you were at a coffee shop telling a friend a story about something you care about. That's always my advice to people who go into public meetings is just pretend you're at a coffee shop talking to a friend and just say it exactly how you would say it then. Like more authenticity and realism is going to go a long way than trying to sit down for five hours and write some beautiful speech. So this doesn't have to be as involved as you might see sometimes when you watch board meetings in different places across the country. And finally, um, you know, when there are issues that are not controversial, and this is most things in school districts, you know, again, despite what we see on the media now almost every single day, um, but there are issues where there's one viewpoint or another. Like there's arguments for and against a certain policy position. It's not a controversial one, but like naturally many things have one side or the other. You need to pay attention. It's really important. It's a budget decision, a curriculum decision, um, a general policy decision that will affect the district. If your district is hiring new leadership, like hiring new principals, hiring new district office people, hiring new superintendent, all of those are things that you need to pay attention to. So tip number one, make sure you get to the meetings. Okay. Tip number two is to form local groups. You need to organize a group in order to have the infrastructure in place to take action. Um, by forming groups, then you can uh, assign roles and responsibility, and you can also capitalize off the network effect. You will find someone who knows someone and knows someone else, and the group will grow. And you want to have this in place before there's an issue. If you If an issue pops up and you don't already have a group formed, it's going to put you behind. So you want to kind of make sure that's already going. Yeah. I just want to pop in. Um, we often have people message us and say, I don't know anybody. Um, I find it very hard to believe that all the dynamic people that are on social media, uh, don't know people. I can guarantee you, you know, a couple of people. So I just want to throw that out there. That's usually the first line of defense is How would I form a group? I don't know anyone. I guarantee you, you know, people. For sure. And then, you know, activities are easier when there's a group too. So if you have this core group of people attending community events um, will be easier. You can do that together with information. You could do something like register voters, which is a big deal. You want to be proactive about that too. If you are not already on the defense, these are great offensive moves. Um, and also like to put it really simply, it was so much easier to go to these school board meetings in an environment with a few other people you know who are allies. There is something to be said about strength in numbers. And even if there's a few of you, you're going to feel so much better going in, speaking, um, looking at what's going on. But forming a group is really an, a very important proactive step so that you have your people ready to go. Um, and, you know, next thing you want to do, so that's tip two, is form local groups. And then tip three is to use social media proactively. So we've heard from individuals and groups across the country that are hesitant to use social media, which we get. We know that it can be a little bit daunting and intimidating to put yourself out there, but it is really the best way to amplify any messages and organize, even positive organization. Even if you want to bring a new policy to your district, having those groups helps you get your messaging out so much easier. So every time we meet with somebody who's like act in their community and they want to start working on their school boards, we always have these recommendations we give is that one, 
we recommend to form a private group to organize behind the scenes. Usually Facebook is best for this. And usually people come to us and have this already in place, I feel like. Um, but a private Facebook group is great because you can screen out your members. Having like questions to get into the group is great. Um, asking people if they know someone is really good too. So then you know you're curating the group and it's a safe space. And then that way people can talk freely about how they feel and you can organize on there without having any fear of um, anybody trolling you. The next thing we say is you'd still want something public facing. Uh, I personally love Instagram. Um, I feel like this age group of parents who need to know what's going on are on Instagram, but also a public face group, Facebook group and a public TikTok are helpful. And those are nice because then the message can amplify. Uh, you really have to have a place to be sharing what's going on that anyone can share what's happening. Because if you only have a private room, you're just stuck to almost like your little echo chamber and people need to learn about what's happening. And that's one of the issues that we see in places that are on the defense now is that a lot of people in their community did not know what was going on. So having these public facing social media accounts, anyone is open to resharing and spreading information and awareness and also, if you already have those accounts established, it's a great way to find supporters if you do have to go on the defense. Third is to post every day. It's not as daunting as you think. Um, share local stories happening. Share about what's happening in different schools in your system. You know, like the schools are in the districts, your school district posts all the time about things happening, events on different sites. You can reshare that. Um, share the school agenda, the board agenda every time it comes up and then reshare what happens every week. We definitely recommend doing that publicly. And you can even repost other groups stuff. So for example, like at our schools USA, we post content daily that is definitely can be repurposed. Um, our educational content is usually applicable on a national scale. So anything that's on our national page, for sure could be reshared on your local page just to educate your community about what's happening um, on a broad scale. So that's tip three is to use social media proactively. Tip number four is to go back to what we'll call traditional media, um, which is to contact your local media, to contact your regional media. Make sure the press is aware of what's happening. There's a few different ways that you can do this. Um, many of you may have a local paper and you could submit a letter to the editor. So a letter to the editor is basically a letter. That's exactly what it is. It's literally just a letter. And in that letter, you highlight an issue that you care about or express an opinion. And so I would encourage you to open up your local or regional paper and find letters to the editor. You'll get a flavor of the types of things they publish. Uh, most publications have an email address or a form that you could submit one through. Um, and they may also have requirements. So length. Um, you know, about how long the post can be and sort of what they're looking for. But this is a great way to get your opinion out there or your group's opinion out there about an issue happening in your school district. Um, sometimes, you know, when you submit letters to the editor or you contact the media as well, sometimes they will ask you to write an op-ed. They'll ask you to write an opinion piece that they will give you, you know, more length to talk about an issue and educate the community. But letters to the editor are great. So if you see something happening in your school district and you're like, I don't like that. And I think that the, my side of the issue, you know, the, the side of the issue that's pro-public education is not being reflected. Great way to put out a message. 
contact journalists. So do not be afraid to contact journalists. I think the two groups of people that we most often hear people being very hesitant to contact are politicians and journalists. Um, don't be afraid to contact either. They're just people just like you. They just have a, a, a gatekeeper role that you don't have. And so contact journalists. So if you think something is newsworthy, contact the press. So if some hot button issues coming up in your school district, contact the media. If there's going to be something super cute happening at the board meeting, the local media is always looking for angles and things to cover. And so start with your local paper, work out to regional media. Um, so again, you might have a town or a paper that covers a couple towns. Then you may have more of one of your regional publications. So for example, um, you know, here and where we live, there's a paper called the Daily Bulletin. It covers like the entire San Gabriel Valley Inland Empire area of California. You have a paper like that probably that covers your region as well. And then there's an angle to the story. So maybe it's something about what's happening in your district and there's publications that cover that specific topic. Um, you want to go ahead and reach out to those publications as well. And we're going to have more trainings on how to reach out to media um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, we're rolling out more long form trainings in our Take 10 series. And so you'll be able to see more about what we're talking about. And finally, invite the press to meetings. Like if you think something's going to happen and it's going to be camera worthy, make sure you have somebody from the press there. Um, our fifth tip is to attend community events. So be out and be visible at community events, concerts at the park, festivals, events of elected officials, like print out flyers with your group's information of how to get involved. You know, have a QR code on the flyers. When you're walking around, people can just easily scan, you know, from your phone or from a flyer and immediately sign up for an email list. Um, and we'll be getting more into organizing tactics like email lists and websites um, through our training materials that we push out on Instagram. But it's really important to be out at community events because that's where you're going to find people to engage with and, and people that, you know, might not be aware what's happening in the school district, but you'll make them aware of that. And then finally, Christy, Number six is to connect with your PTAs and PTOs. So those are parent-teacher association and parent-teacher organizations that are on each campus. Um, this is obviously probably a little more geared towards parents. There are pre-existing groups you can plug into. Different schools might have different names. I know PTA and PTO is the most commonly used. Um, there are also boosters. So high schools have their booster clubs, other parent groups, um, groups that are district committees of parents, you want to be involved in those and then plug in and meet people. And then you take those people and scoop them into the groups you've created online also. We hope these offensive tips have helped. And like everything in life, practice matters. This has been Head of the Class, a podcast produced by Our Schools USA. Once again, we are Christina Gagne, the former school board member, and Christy Hurst, a former teacher and current public school parent. And always remember, don't get mad, get organized.